When Suzanne Brown Fleming walked into her first German Studies Association meeting in 2001, she had plenty of reasons to feel nervous. After all, she was still a graduate student at the University of Maryland College Park, just down the road from the meeting site in Washington, D.C., and the GSA meeting presented the first opportunity for her to present her own work. Most graduate students I know, and certainly I was, pretty insecure and wondering whether you know, my research was original enough and uh, compelling enough and interesting enough, and you know, all these things were going through my head. This was no typical presentation, however. Brown Fleming was presenting her first paper in front of Michael Fayer, one of the most respected senior scholars studying the Catholic Church and the Holocaust. In her work, Brown Fleming had used some of the same sources that Fayer did in his research. Ramping up the pressure even more, this all came during a time of difficult questioning of the church's role in the Nazi and post-war era. I was extra nervous because of that, and he was just extremely uh, supportive and wonderful and encouraging, and, and it, it was sort of like um, someone took a pinprick and popped the balloon bubble of pressure, and I thought, oh, this is great. That support from a key figure in her field turned into the start of an outstanding career for Brown Fleming now director of the Visiting Scholar Programs in the Jack, Joseph, and Morton Mandel Center for Advanced Holocaust Studies at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. Her story does not stand alone. GSA has a long history of welcoming graduate students and early career professionals to the annual meeting as more than just attendees. In fact, former President Suzanne Marchand said that the commitment to graduate students helps GSA stand out among other large academic meetings, where graduate students mainly attend to look for a job. And the fact that we take so many graduate student papers and incorporate them in is unusual, and it also is, I think, really important to our mission. The GSA annual meeting can serve as a wonderful training ground for those ready to enter the job market, according to Todd Height, who chaired the program committee for the 2016 annual meeting. When he was completing his Ph.D., he found that the GSA meeting helped lay the groundwork for the hiring process, which kicked into full gear later in the academic year. I mean, I always saw the GSA as an opportunity to get my work out in front of people who would be hiring that year and to network and as an opportunity to get some feedback on work that would be key before going into things like on-campus interviews. Welcome to Episode 5 of the German Studies Association 40th Anniversary Podcast Series. My name is Brian Shea and I am the Public Relations and Advertising Coordinator in the Journals Division at the Johns Hopkins University Press. In this episode, we will look at the special relationship that the GSA has with groups that may find themselves overlooked in other similar organizations, specifically graduate students and those from smaller or underrepresented institutions. GSA Secretary-Treasurer Gerald Fetz knows all about both groups. He joined GSA in its early days when it was known as the Western Association for German Studies, or WAGS. At the time, Fetz was a young professor at the University of Montana, far from a heavyweight in German culture and history. He said the continued inclusion of young scholars in the annual meetings proceedings has many benefits. Uh, advanced students, so grad students who are not finished with their dissertations, but they're working on them. We've offered them a place where they can make their first presentation, and they can interact really as peers with well-known faculty, well-known professors in the fields that they're interested in. They have a chance to meet them and talk with them and 
be mentored by them in many ways and bring their new ideas. And so I think that it's been an open place for for young people who aren't even quite yet in the profession, you know, as having jobs. And when those young scholars get a chance to share their research, they often help the association get on the cutting edge of some important topics. You know, if you look at who are the scholars who are working on film and film as culture and film as literature and film, film history, they at least started out, you know, when we started having those sessions maybe 15 years ago, they were pretty much younger scholars. Same thing with an area that was very important and, you know, it's kind of dried up to a certain extent, maybe coming back now, is East German topics. There were several of us who were got very interested in East Germany, and there you, you couldn't separate the study of literature or film or whatever from um, from what was going on politically. And it was mostly younger people at the time. And I think the same thing could be said about the Holocaust and uh, uh, that that was another major topic that people looked at, and mostly it was younger scholars because the older ones had seen that it, they couldn't get anywhere with it. Gerald Kleinfeld, founder and driving force for many years behind the GSA, said he always felt the association needed to take care of younger scholars because the founding members were in the early parts of their career. In fact, WAGs came into being partially so that scholars could more easily connect with like-minded people in order to further their careers. GSA has not lost sight of that, although they do implement some safeguards in order to prevent young scholars from facing any negative repercussions based on their participation. For instance, graduate students are not allowed to serve as commenters in sessions. GSA President Irene Kakandis said that this prevents someone searching for their first job from having to offer a critique on the work of someone who may be in the position to hire them in the near future. Former President Stephen Brockman, who attended his first GSA meeting while a grad student at the University of Wisconsin, agreed that the dedication to graduate student work makes GSA stand out. This results in mutually beneficial relationships between scholars at all different points of their careers. It's not just in the graduate students' interest for them to have exposure to older and more distinguished colleagues, but it's also, I think, in the best interest of colleagues who are further along in their careers to have exposure to the graduate students and to people who are just beginning, because the people who are just beginning may have some ideas and some insights and may be able to shake things up in ways that people who are already pretty set in their ways might not. GSA continues to try and find ways to keep young scholars engaged. Registration fees are significantly reduced for students to provide an incentive for attendance. Marchand said small touches at the meeting, like a free drink ticket for one of the evening receptions, helps entice those new to the group to enjoy the social aspect of the GSA. One of the reasons that a connection between younger and experienced scholars means so much is that GSA also provides a welcoming home to faculty working at institutions without an extensive program in German studies. These scholars can rise to the highest positions in the organization. Kakandis, for instance, teaches at Dartmouth College, which has no graduate program for those studying German topics. Executive Director David Barclay recently retired from teaching at Kalamazoo College. 
while teaching in the Department of History at an institution with only undergraduate programs for its 1,400 students, Barclay could have had a difficult time connecting with other German studies scholars. But he said the GSA threw him a lifeline after he attended his first conference, something not uncommon for faculty who do not have the benefit of advising graduate students. There is no question in my mind but that the GSA enabled me more effectively than any other group that I could think of to maintain contact with the world of graduate education and with the world of up-to-date scholarship in my own field. There is no question in my mind that I could not have written the books that I have written or written the articles that I have published had it not been for the kind of intellectual sustenance and sustained intellectual support that I had from colleagues in the GSA. The need to connect those who might not have the luxury of colleagues studying German topics helped form the roots of WAGS, said Kleinfeld. The group of Western U.S.-based scholars who founded the group felt that the home institution of the scholars should not determine their position in the field. We took anyone just because of quality. What what was the sense of this all? Geography or intellect? And and so we placed intellect for geography. The association's commitment to that has benefited members like Hecki Lempa, a Finnish-born scholar who did his postgraduate work in Germany. Lempa now teaches at Moravian College in southeastern Pennsylvania. While he has access to fellow Germanists from other schools in the region, he said the GSA meeting gives him the opportunity to meet face-to-face with people who share the same research interests. That kind of connection is invaluable. So the Institute for us, the intellectual space, to reconnect and and see and and pursue our agendas and and research projects and in multiple different ways. And uh, and, uh, that's actually very, very important. In the long run, that does not just help the small school scholar giving the presentation, says Height, who teaches at Knox College in Illinois, an institution about the same size as Kalamazoo College. By opening the doors to presenters from a diverse range of institutions across the globe, everyone who takes part in the conference benefits from expanding their knowledge base. You know, the vast majority of us are at smaller programs that aren't issuing PhDs. You know, it's always been the conference goal to capture the best work regardless of what the institutional affiliation is or which country you're coming in from, we want to provide people with an opportunity to present their best work and to get feedback and to get great questions and have, have great discussions with their colleagues about, about their work. For Marchand, all of this helps create a dynamic that will sustain GSA for the long run by creating a community of scholars who see the conference as a key part of their academic life. The thing that I like most, perhaps, about the GSA is that you can grow up in it. You know, you can come to the conference as a young person, and then you can keep coming for your whole career. And you will find both friends and, and critics and commentators at all stages of their careers. And it's one of the wonderful things to see in between sessions of the conference is the, the various generations all there. Join us for our next episode, the last one in our series, where we will talk about the future of the GSA and the importance of fundraising for the association's continued success.